Has your screen time been up a lot lately and are you experiencing digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure as a result? Baxter blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. Me personally, from working on the podcast and just being on social media way more than I should, I can definitely tell a difference. Our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. So Baxter Blue is being a force for good and they're providing a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age and luckily Baxter Blue is giving all Hollywood Hero listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids glasses. Click the link in the description of this episode for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you have been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. I know you will love Baxter Blue and I know you'll feel the difference. So go to the link in the description of this episode to buy a pair. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Hollywood Hero. I'm your host, Layla Palmer, and today I am back with the podcast where I delve into the lives of the entertainment industry's most acclaimed personalities. So... Today is a pretty cool episode. Um, I thought today was the 20th episode of Hollywood Hero, but it's actually not, so silly me. I don't know why I thought that. But today is still a pretty cool episode because today marks the last episode of season one. I know, it's crazy. I can't believe it's already here. I'm really, really happy with what I've accomplished over these past few months, and I'm so, so excited to start planning and, you know, actually executing season two. So that is going to be super, super exciting, but it is the last episode of season one, and um, that is definitely a milestone worth celebrating, I think. Um, I started this podcast in September 2020, and I certainly think that I speak about this in the very first episode and actually that episode is like not really existing anymore I don't even think I have a like copy of it on my laptop I might I don't think I do and I actually I think I do have a copy of it but it's like not even that good um because obviously I've improved so much since September in my opinion, it's not that good of an episode. I don't think it's worth, like, re-uploading. Like, I re-uploaded my Kim Kardashian West episode a few months after it had gone off of Spotify and Apple. I had to re-upload it because I thought that was a good episode. But my first episode, which I did on Chadwick Boseman, which was my first ever episode, it was maybe, like, two weeks after he had passed, It wasn't a very well-organized episode, so I never re-uploaded it, but what I was getting at is that the reason why I started the podcast was because, I don't know, it was just something that I wanted to explore, and um, I had a podcast when I was a sophomore in high school, so about two years ago, over two years ago at this point. So it was over two years ago, I had my first podcast called Tea Talk with one of my friends, Rebecca, from the Friendsgiving episode. Go ahead and watch that if you don't know who I'm talking about. And that only lasted a few weeks. Like, we didn't even put out four episodes at most. But doing that podcast with her 
I realized that it was something that I was really interested in. And I knew that it was something that I wanted to explore in the future on my own. In September, when I was doing school virtually and I wasn't able to do any of my school activities in person like normal, you know, I'm someone who does things like theater and singing groups and none of those things were being executed normally in September. So I wasn't really doing any of my extracurriculars. So I thought, okay, not doing any of my extracurriculars, not going in for school, I'm doing school online, I want to do something. And it was actually late at night, one random night, that I was like, okay, like, why don't I randomly start a podcast? And I came up with the idea, which was to research celebrities or, you know, Instagram influencers, uh, social media influencers, YouTubers, whatever, and dig deep into their lives and, you know, see how they're impacting their audiences, changing their industries, you know, whatever. And that's how it started. And that night, I mean, that night I stayed up so many hours just, like, figuring out stuff because I'm the type of person that once I get started on something, I want to do that thing so, like, dedicated and just, I can't stop doing that thing. So that night I was up for so many hours. I started working on the graphic, which really hasn't changed since then. Well, actually, the graphic was something that took a few weeks to actually get to where it is now because the graphic that I started working on that night was pretty bad. But I had also never done any type of graphic design work. So that night I came up with the title. I started the graphic and... um. I was also doing research on how to actually, you know, put a podcast on directories like Spotify and Apple because when I had my podcast when I was a sophomore, I didn't do those things. I put my podcast on SoundCloud. So yeah, that night, I don't know exactly the date, but it was a night in September, um, beginning of September, Hollywood Hero was born. And a few weeks after that, my first episode, Chadwick Boseman, was put out. I don't know the exact date. But And that episode I don't think will ever come to light again. It was an episode that I also just, the prep for that episode I really enjoyed too because especially after his death, I really enjoyed looking into his life and learning more about him. But it was just not a well, that well of a planned episode so I don't really feel that confident in ever re-uploading it. Um, So, which kind of sucks, but it's alright. But yeah, end of season one. I think I've come a long way. I'm really happy with all the episodes that I put out over the past few months, so. But let's get on to this episode, because we still have another interview before it's actually over. So, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, last week's episode was kind of a silly one. Oh, and I have an update on Secret Life of the American Teenager. So, I said in the last episode that I wanted to finish watching it by the end of my spring break, because I was like, at the end of season four, by the time my spring break had started, and I was going through it so fast that I thought that I would be done by the time my spring break was over. But I slowed down in watching it because I started a YouTube series. Now, I'm not going to get into that YouTube series because it's far too weird, but I'll probably go back to Secret Life here and there until I actually finish it because I only have like, I don't know, 10 episodes left. Um, But I'm so invested in this YouTube series that I'm watching, so that's going to be my thing, probably until I'm done that, which it's pretty long, so that'll be a while. Um, But about last week's episode, I loved doing that tier list. It was so fun, and I love doing tier lists in general, and I also love watching people on YouTube do tier lists. They're so fun. 
Um, so I'd love to, especially for season two, I'd love to do some bonus episodes of me completing tier lists of my favorite shows or even something that you listeners want. Um, so I may do an Instagram poll at some point to see if that's something that people are interested in. So follow me at Hollywood Hero Pod on Instagram uh, because you don't want to miss that. So now regarding this week's actual episode, the actual episode for this week. Um, This is by far the most nervous I've ever been for an interview, but it turned out fine in the end, as it always does. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking with Greg Lingo. I came across his work on Facebook, believe it or not, and I started reading into his most recent project, which is so cool. Uh, Greg Lingo was the screenwriter for the new IFC film, Last Call. Last Call is a local success story about a real estate developer who returns to his childhood neighborhood to see through a big real estate deal. I don't want to say too much about the film, because you should all watch it, but it was really good. It's set in Philadelphia, specifically Upper Darby, that area, and as a Philadelphia native, it was so cool to see all of the different locations in the movie. But enough of me babbling, let's take a short break from our sponsor and then hear from Greg Lingo. Okay, so I'm here with the writer of Last Call, Greg Lingo. Hi, welcome to the Hollywood Hero Podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, First, I'd love to start off with uh, getting to know a bit more about your life uh, and career before breaking into the film industry with Last Call. So what did that look like? Yeah, so I was, um, you know, kind of unrelated to this at all. I I was, for the most part, I'm a real estate developer and still am a home builder. We have a mortgage company. We own some restaurants. But for the most part, it's been real estate my whole life. Okay, cool. So uh, you were a real estate developer before getting into Last Call, so you had no prior film experience. So how were you presented with the opportunity to work on the movie? So it started off where a couple of buddies of mine and I, uh, Billy Riley and Michael Bond, we together kind of just started jotting down different stories and developed it into a script. And then we ended up, um, fortunately we connected with Paolo Pilati, who was our director. And then he helped really take the script that we had written and turn it into more of a traditional three act story with a love interest. And, um, and then he also had the connections with the producers that were able to ultimately land us the cast that we did and the locations and, couple of the cast members I went out to directly, but for the most part, it was the producers, um, Rob Simmons and DJ Dodd that really had the connections along with Ante Nabachek. And um, the three of those guys kind of landed all of our locations and set up the cast and crew for the most part. Cool. So kind of related, this next question is kind of related to the cast. Um, the cast involves a reputable group of actors, including Jeremy Piven, who plays the role of Mick, and uh, Jamie Kennedy, Taryn Manning, and Bruce Stern. What was it like seeing that group of people bring your story to life? It was pretty awesome. You know, for, uh, the, one of the first things I did when we got on set, when each of them came on set, was just kind of ask them what it was that drew them to the project. And, you know, in addition, in addition to just them having the availability when we had the availability, they um, kind of resoundingly everyone said it was the story and it was the story of just friendship i think that really got that really resonated with them and the idea of this kind of underdog town living in this in the you know backdrop of a big city and then um and kind of rallying around the town and it was really important to us that the, that the town was a character in the film 
So, you know, I grew up in Upper Darby. This is, you know, we try to have it, it's, it's a fictitious town, but we tried to have it set in, um, in basically a Delaware County type town. So it felt the same as, you know, as the, the little town and again, in the shadows of the big city. Yeah, and I noticed that watching the film, I noticed some some locations that I could kind of point out, especially when you went to uh, the the location in the city. I think it was the Fittler Club. Exactly. I think. Yep. Yeah. So that was definitely something that I I noticed. Now going back to um, what you were talking about, how you're a real estate developer, and then mixed character who is loosely based off of you. Um, what are some traits or experiences that you share with Mick, or and what are some things that are different? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's definitely not autobiographical. It's it's a story. And I think one of the things that I learned in the writing part of it was you kind of have to write what you know. And what I knew was kind of the real estate business. So that uh, I knew that my tr- protagonist in the story was going to be a real estate guy just because it kind of was what I understood the most. Um, I think what Mick struggles with, we all struggle with a little bit. Um, for me, I can tell you that when I was graduating high school, I couldn't wait to get out. I didn't want to ever come back. And then after time, it turned out that, you know, where I grew up wasn't so bad as I realized. And I, I kind of saw the world a little bit. So, you know, my wife and I are both from Delaware County. We, we we live now six or seven miles from where we both grew up. So as much as we wanted to flee, we, we came back after realizing what a strong community this is and what, and kind of an area that we want to raise our kids. Yeah, and I think that kind of answered my next question, which was kind of the um, the recurring theme in the film about kind of returning to your roots and returning back to your home. And I was going to ask if that is a theme in your life as well, and I think you kind of just answered that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my wife and I, we were fortunate enough about 20 years ago to set up a scholarship at Upper Darby High School where I went. And we go back once a year at least, but then also we were able to set up a tutoring and mentoring program there. And just try to kind of help the next generation of kids. Um, whether it doesn't have to, doesn't mean they have to go to college, you know, just kind of be prepared for that next step of life. Um, and it was adults outside of my family that helped give me direction. And we're trying to return that the best we can. Yeah, that's, that's great. And can I ask, is, is there a specific, like, you said it's a scholarship that you set yep. up? So we set up a scholarship through, um, we set up a scholarship through the school and the school actually selects the students. So we kind of give a criteria and, it, and the criteria is academic interest and as well as being a good person. Um, and then obviously having a financial need. So that, that's, we kind of give them the, the framework and then they pick from there. We also set up a scholarship at my college, um, Cornell university, and it's geared towards somebody from, either the 19082, which is Upper Darby, or 19026, which is Drexel Hill, or 19018 zip codes, uh, which are the kind of the areas where I grew up, and we're trying to help, you know, future students from that area attend Cornell as well. Okay, nice. Um, so kind of wrapping it up, that was kind of quick, but <laughs> um, kind of wrapping it up. So this was your first film project. Um, do you see yourself working on anything else in film in the future? Yeah, for sure. I, I really, um, it was invigorating, the whole experience. It was different from what I'm used to. Um, I really liked the comedy aspect of it. So I can, I can envision, you know, I've already kind of started sketching out the, an idea for kind of another comedy and, um, 
what I learned from this is you got to you got to surround yourself with great people, and we had an amazing cast, far above what I think our weight class deserved. Uh, we we really got a good cast, and we got um, by connecting with the right people, with other great writers to collaborate, and then a great production team. I think we the production value of the film is great. You could hardly tell what our budget was, but um, you know, we're, I've been compared. Some people in Delaware County are trying to compare this to Silver Linings Playbook because that's kind of the last movie that came out of the area, and their budget was twenty times our budget. You know, we just so there's no way that we could compare to that. And the story is not the same. The story is about friendship. It's about the hometown a little bit, um, but it's supposed to be fun and fun loving. Yeah, the story is definitely different. I'm surprised that that comparison is kind of coming up. They're very different. Think, yeah, I think it's only because it's the <laughs> Because area. of the location, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, and kind of going back on uh, some more things that you learned from the process, what are some things that you learned from the director and also uh, the writer, Paolo Pilati, during the process? Yeah, yeah he was great. He, um, he kind of helped me figure out, you know, little things that you'll see a scene where um Allie is coming from a pickup truck and then she walks over to her grandmother's house where Mick is and then Mick walks over to his buddies who are sitting outside of a van and then they kind of throw him in the van and take off um when we wrote that scene it was a pickup truck drives up there's a conversation they throw Mick in the van and they drive off and you kind of see all that happening and really what was interesting is they kind of, because we have such a limited budget, they said, well, what, what about if we just have this truck sitting static and what if the van never moves either, but we make it seem like they moved and we make it seem like it moved just because we have a lot of other action going on. So when you watch the movie, you think, yeah, the truck just pulled up and the other truck sped off, but you never really saw that. So it, and it saved probably a half a day of shooting, believe it or not, to not have to film that truck driving in the street and another truck driving away. So all those little tips that on a on a low budget film were essential, and you know Paolo really got that and knew that. And at the same time, I don't know that we compromised the story any. Yeah, I think I'll I'll definitely have to go back and rewatch to see if I noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> so I definitely yeah. didn't. Um, well, that was all I had uh, for the interview. Do you have anything else you want to add before we? No, I appreciate so much you taking the time. Um, I wish you luck in your endeavors. And don't ever hesitate to reach out. All right. Thank you. All right. So that was Greg Lingo, screenwriter for the IFC film Last Call. It was definitely a privilege to be able to speak with him. And I'm definitely so excited to see what he brings to the film industry in the future. Um, If you haven't already, be sure to watch Last Call by IFC Films. For more information on how to watch the film, go to www.lastcall.movie. So that was the end of season one. Reach the end of season one. That was it. Um, thank you all so, so much for listening and sticking around for all of these episodes and interviews and collabs. It was, it's been great. It's been so exciting. So thank you all for listening. I want to thank everyone who has been a guest on the podcast this season. So other podcasters and bands, any musicians, um, people in the music industry, film industry, everybody. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast it's been great such a privilege to be able to meet you and speak with you um and yeah that's it that's hollywood hero season one i hope you all enjoyed this episode this season thank you all so much for listening 
If you want more updates on the podcast, especially to see when season two will be coming out, and I'm also going to be posting some extras from past episodes and interviews and stuff like that. So if you want to see those, definitely follow me on Instagram at Hollywood Hero Pod to see that. And that's all. I'll see you guys next season. Bye.